I'm, I'm filling in Adrian and my part. She had to work today, so, uh, and, and I think we partially mentioned that we're, Adrian and I are going on vacation for a couple weeks, so she's working the last day to get ready for vacation here. Alrighty, well, <clears throat> this morning's message is dealing with Jesus' prophecy in Matthew 24 and Mark 13. And we'll read that in a minute. But it, it sheds light on the biblical events happening now in Israel. You've all heard about what's going on in Israel right now, right? So you may be asking, well, what's going on here, God? Um, what's happening? Why is it happening? What should I think about it? And uh, the message today is to reinforce the statement that every Christian should have a biblical understanding, not a social media understanding of the world. Um, we are so influenced now by media and social media and news and what have you, um, it's hard not to get confused. But again, this is why we say all the time, what does the Bible say? Go back to the Bible, see what it says, and start there. Let that be your foundation. So today's message is about God's faithfulness to his promises. God has made promises starting right in the beginning and made covenants and vows, and he's always faithful to them. And this is how we know that God is real, that God exists. Because when he says something's going to happen or I'm going to do something and Years later, hundreds of years later, millennia later, it comes true and it's written down ahead of time. We can look back and say, oh yeah, God is true. His word is true. So beginning in 1941 in Germany, you'll remember the Nazis killed about 6 million Jews in the Holocaust. And we must come to the realization that the Destructive Jew hatred that existed then is upon us again. Only this time, it's global. It's global. The uh, atrocities committed by Hamas in Israel on October 7th, where they killed 1,400, 1,500 Israelis, uh, they brutally maimed them, raped them, beheaded them, burned them alive, blown them to pieces, and took 200 plus hostages. And Israel is now defending itself through war. Why is this happening? We ask ourselves, why is this happening? This doesn't sound good. We don't like to hear about war. We don't like to see people getting killed. Why is this happening? And then as we think about the answer there, we might ask, has God cast Israel away? Has God given up on Israel? Well, as we go to answer that question, we jump back a little bit. Um, about 2,500 years ago, there was a group of people called the Edomites. And from the day that they emerged, they were always against Israel. Edom was in Jordan. Edom was descended from Esau, of Jacob and Esau. And there was always this, this battle between them. And in 1987, 
um, another group came into being, and that's Hamas. And they have been enraged with Israel since day one. Um, and that, as you are sure, you're surely aware that that's who's fighting Israel right now. The Palestinians we talked about a few weeks ago were a people group that were created as recently as 1964. They weren't a people group before then. They weren't a nation. Um, so these are all um, Hamas and, and Palestinians were a people group that was created recently. Hamas's recent uh, terror attack on October 7th, they had more than 2,000 men enter into Israel through the, the gate and the fence um, into the Gaza, from Gaza Strip into Israel. And as, as you've no doubt heard, they committed unspeakable atrocities, and I'm not going to spend the time talking about what those are. Um, you can certainly research that if you want. But back to the Edomites. Edomites were destroyed 2,500 years ago. The terrorist group Hamas is currently being destroyed. That is Israel's mission. Um, so that's what's happening right now. And Satan will be destroyed when he's thrown into the lake of the burning sulfur, where he'll be tormented day and night forever and ever. That event happens at the end of the thousand-year reign. The beginning of the thousand-year reign, he's thrown into the abyss. He's kept in the abyss. He's kept out of play for a thousand years. So we live on the earth in the millennial reign for a thousand years with no influence from Satan. But then he's released for a short while. There's the second judgment. He's thrown into hell forever. So the Old Testament, the prophet Obadiah, probably not a book that we read a lot. It's only a page or two long. But the prophet Obadiah foretold the annihilation of the Edomites. In uh, verse chapter 1, verse 10, he says, Because of the violence against your brother Jacob, you will be covered with shame. You will be destroyed forever. The Edomites, again, remember, were in modern-day Jordan and the tribe of Esau, Jacob's brother. So when the Obadiah is saying, because of the violence against your brother, that's what it's referring to. Um, the Edomites were conquered and driven out of Petra as a result of their burning hatred and ruthless opposition to Israel. Petra, by the way, if you've ever um, seen um, some tourism videos, it's that narrow canyon that's really beautiful and they have all those carvings of the buildings and stuff on the rock. What's interesting is during the last part of the tribulation, that is where the Jews run to to be safe. Fascinating. So presently, large anti-Israel, pro-Hamas protests have been happening around the world. Even in front of the U.S. Capitol. Even within the president's staff and cabinet. One by one, countries are taking sides against Israel when just a month prior they were for Israel. Things are changing. Now, this is the foundation that we've set for our scripture that we're going to read right now, Matthew 24. Are you there? Matthew 24, we're going to begin with verse 3. As he was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, 
Tell us when these things, when will these things happen? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? We still have that same question, don't we? Well, Jesus has already answered it for us. Verse 4, Jesus answered and said to them, See to it that no one misleads you. For many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ. And will mislead many. So when people will come and say, I'm the Christ, I'm, I'm the Savior, I can show you what's good, bad, or ugly, I can show you what's right or wrong, follow me. I am the Christ. You will be hearing of wars and rumors of wars. Exactly what we're hearing about right now. There's a war going on, Hamas and Israel, but what else do we hear? We hear rumors about this nation is going to jump into the war, like Iran, Iraq, um, you know, all these other countries are surrounding Israel. Those are rumors of war. We don't know if they're going to happen. Don't, <laughs> I'm going to say, don't let it make you fearful, but that's the very next sentence. He says, see that you're not frightened. It's easy to get frightened when you hear all of the news and all the social media and things going on. And you just wonder what's going on and how's it going to affect me? Jesus says, see that you're not frightened. For these things must take place. They must take place. But that is not yet the end. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And in various places will be famines and earthquakes. But all these things are merely the beginning of birth pangs. Then they will deliver you to tribulation and, you, and will kill you. And you will be hated by all nations because of my name. Remember how just a moment ago I said how a lot of nations that used to be for Israel have switched sides and now they're against Israel? We will begin to see more of that, that more nations and more nations will come out against Israel. They will come out against Jews. And they will come out against Christians as well. We're right on the tail of it. Uh, verse 10, at that time, many will fall away and will betray one another and hate one another. Many false prophets will arise and will mislead many. So stay in your word. If you have questions, if things don't make sense, go to your Bible. Talk to somebody you know that uh, knows the Bible pretty well. Uh, come ask questions at church, however you want to do it. But. All right, so this is Jesus speaking. Now let's jump back. We're going to jump back in the Bible. We're going to jump forward in time, forward from today to Revelation 16. Have you guys heard about that uh, battle of Armageddon? In, in Matthew, Jesus was speaking to the Jews, to the Christians, you know, the disciples were Jewish, but they had become believers. They were Christians. It didn't change their race, their genealogy, but their faith was changed. And don't forget, Jesus is a Jew, and yet he is God, the only God. And that, that very statement is what drives some people insane. So mad, it just incites so much anger. Allah is not a God, not really God. He is not, um, this, he, he's actually the source of hatred through Satan. Satan's going through him. 
Satan is a source of hatred. It's not God. Satan is against God. He hates us because we love God. He hates us because we love Jesus. Revelation 16, are you there? We're going to begin with verse 12. The sixth angel poured out his bowl on the great river of the Euphrates, and its water was dried up so that the way would be prepared for the kings from the east. So just a little bit of context. Um, this chapter here is, uh, I would say, almost midway through the tribulation. So this, these bowls are being poured out. Uh, verse uh, 13, and I saw coming out of the mouth of the dragon, oh, by the way, the Euphrates, it's not just a biblical river, it's still a real river, it's still there, and it is uh, tending to dry up, um, so they say, but this is something that God does, it dries it up, it happens quickly, so that the armies from the east can come across the river and attack Israel. This isn't today, this isn't what's happening today, this is what's going to happen in the future. Uh, 13, and I saw coming out of the mouth of the dragon and out of the mouth of the beast and out of the mouth of the false prophet three unclean spirits like frogs. For they are spirits of demons performing signs which go out to the kings of the whole world. And why? To gather them together for the war of the great day of God Almighty. So they are drawing these nations together to... Israel to fight against God. They're going to, they think they're going to put an end to God once and for all. Verse 15 says, Jesus now speaking, behold, I am coming like a thief. In other words, you don't know exactly when he's coming. Blessed is the one who stays awake and keeps his clothes so that he will not walk about naked and men will not see his shame. What is he talking about there? That just seems kind of odd, doesn't it? Well, in, in the Jewish culture, the guards, if they let their guard down and, and messed up on their duty or the person escaped or somebody came and attacked him because the guard wasn't paying attention, the punishment was they would strip his clothes off and he would be ashamed. That's what that's referring to. So in the same way, if we, we know this battle is coming, this is being staged, we should be on the lookout and be looking for Jesus. The last verse here, 16. And they gathered them together in the place which in Hebrew is called Ar-Mageddon. And that's, that's a place called Megiddo. And it's a, it's a biblical ground and, and location that even back in Genesis where they would have <clears throat> wars and battles. So it's right there in Israel. It's going to be where the future happens. Okay, that's a lot of background, right? Yeah, thank you. Um, so again, the question. You know, if we were to look at world events and what's happening, we might ask the question, is Israel cast away? Did, did God give up on them? Did he say, you know, I no longer love you? You're no longer my chosen people? The answer is no. Israel is not cast away. Turn with me to Romans 11. This is our primary scripture for today. <clears throat> And, and it affects every one of us that calls Jesus as Lord and Savior. Romans 11, and we're going to start with verse 11. Romans 11, verse 11. 
Are you there? I say then, they did not stumble so as to fall, did they? May it never be. But by their transgression, salvation has come to the Gentiles to make them jealous. So what is he, who is he speaking about? He's speaking about the Jews. Did they stumble to the point of where God left them and abandoned them and replaced them? No. Um, he's saying their transgression, their sin is what God used to bring salvation to us as Gentiles. So the Jews rejected Jesus, and therefore the gospel went out to the Gentiles, everybody that's not G- Jewish, um, to make them jealous. You know how it is when you're younger and you got a, a boyfriend or girlfriend in your eye, you know, you're kind of, and then, then uh, somebody might, that boyfriend or girlfriend might try to make you jealous so that you behave yourself. <laughs> Come on now, I know you guys did that. <laughs> 12, verse 12. Now, if their transgression is riches for the world and their failure is riches for the Gentiles, how much more will their fulfillment be? 13, but I am speaking to you who are Gentiles, inasmuch then as I am also an apostle of Gentiles, I magnify my ministry. If somehow I might move to jealousy my fellow countrymen and save some of them. So, Paul was trying to make the Jews jealous so that they would come to Christ as well. 15. For if their rejection is for the reconciliation of the world, what will their acceptance be but life from the dead? So in other words, he's saying if if God has temporarily rejected them because they rejected God, they rejected Jesus, the Messiah, his son, and the gospel went out to the Gentiles, He's, he's beginning to hint that we Gentiles would not even have this blessing of salvation if it had not been for the Jews rejecting Jesus. Wow. Um, 14. Or no, 15. 16. I'm going through them fast. If the first piece of dough is holy, and the, the lump is also. And if the root is holy, the branches are too. So what he's speaking to is to the Jews who know the law and they were to bring you know a lump of dough in for an offering and that's what he means when he says make it holy then the rest of the the dough that that lump came out of is holy also and the same with the roots and branches he gets into this a little bit further 17 but if some of the branches were broken off and you Gentile being a wild olive were grafted in among them and became partaker with them of the rich root of the olive tree. Do not be arrogant toward the branches. But if you are arrogant, remember that it's not you who supports the root, but the root supports you. So he's saying, how should we think about, how should we treat Jews? Salvation came from the Jews. Jesus came from the Jews. So we should not despise Jews. We should be grateful for them. We should thank them. We should love them. We should recognize that if it was not for them, we wouldn't have the opportunity for salvation. Is that clear, being clearly communicated? Okay. See, if my wife was here, she'd probably straighten me out and make it plain and simple. But. 
19. You will say then, branches were broken off so that I might be grafted in. So he's also warning us about being arrogant and proud about who we are as a, as a race, as a people. Um, 20. Quite right. They were broken off for their unbelief. But you stand by your faith. So he's saying, you know, instead of judging the Jews and putting them down, be grateful for them, but also worry about yourself. You know, your faith. Stand by your faith. Do not be conceited, but fear. For if God did not spare the natural branches, he will not spare you either. He's saying that God is a God of love and kindness, but also judgment. And he tells us what he wants us to do and who he will bless and who he won't. And we should not be so arrogant to say that we can change God's thinking, his plan, his program. And when it says fear... I'm sorry to hear that. What's, what's the blessing then? That um, gonna judge people for anything and everything that we have. The main world, or is it just access to heaven? Um, say that again, because I was is, talking. Is the, the, the blessings are material stuff in life. Is it the, no, it's, the it's memories a, and the interactions we have with humans and the feelings we, we share between each other, or is it the blessing of just praising Him and getting to heaven? It's simply our relationship with God, the Creator Almighty. That's where it starts. Yeah. Um, in other words, don't get arrogant like taking your salvation for granted and <clears throat> lording it over others, uh, especially the Jews who have not come to Christ yet. Um, <clears throat> 23, I believe. And they also, if they do not continue in their unbelief, will be grafted in. So those Jews that were temporarily set aside, once they come to faith in Jesus, they're grafted back in. You've heard that term, no doubt, Messianic Jews, right? These are Jews that have come to believe in Jesus as Lord and Savior. So they are grafted back in. Uh, For if you... Verse 24, we're cut off from what is by nature a wild olive tree and we're grafted contrary to nature into a cultivated olive tree. How much more will these who are the natural branches be grafted into their own olive tree? Verse 25, for I do not want you, brethren, to be uninformed of this mystery so that you will not be wise in your own estimation. That a partial hardening has happened to Israel until... The fullness of the Gentiles has come in. And so all Israel will be saved. That statement there has thrown me for quite a while. All Israel will be saved. How can you say that, God? I mean, how can they be saved if they don't believe? Um, How can they be saved if they're going to die before they come to faith? what What is he saying? All Israel will be saved. Just as it is written, the deliverer will come from Zion. He will remove ungodliness from Jacob. This is my covenant with them when I take away their sins. So to partially answer the question I just raised, verse 28, from the standpoint of the gospel, they are enemies for your sake. But from the standpoint of God's 
choice. They are the beloved for the sake of the fathers, for the gifts and calling of God are irrevocable. He can't take them away. He won't take them away. For just as you once were disobedient to God, but now you have been shown mercy because of their disobedience, so these also now have been disobedient that because of the mercy shown to you, they also may now be shown mercy. For God has shut up all in disobedience so that he may show mercy to all. If it weren't for unbelief, if it weren't for sin, there won't be any purpose for grace or salvation. It's fascinating to think about. All right. So Israel's not cast away. The church didn't replace Israel, but rather Gentiles are grafted into the olive tree, into um, the Jewish um, race, and we will live together in eternity. So eternity, heaven, New Jerusalem, will be only Christians, those that believe in Jesus. And yes, there'll be Jews, but they will believe in Jesus. There will be people from every nation tribe, and tongue there that believe in Jesus. Um, Something that we need to pay attention to right now and recognize is nations will be judged by how they treated the Jews. Nations will be judged by how they treated the Jews. We too. The covenant that God gave Abram in Genesis 12 And Genesis 13 is, he will bless those who bless the Jews. He will curse those who curse the Jews. Let us be on the side of blessing. We don't have to solve the whole problem. God's got it under control. We just need to be concerned about where our faith is, what our belief is. And here's the thing. You may ask, where is America in the end times? Where is America in helping Jerusalem. And we don't see it mentioned in Scripture. So we know that America exists right now, but what happens? Something needs to happen. Something's going to happen. And my understanding of Scripture is because we as a nation will turn from blessing Israel, turn to cursing Israel, the, the country's going to implode. I don't know exactly what's going to happen, so don't go running around fear. But you know that's why we're not mentioned. So it's sad to think that we went from Israel's <laughs> first ally. Do you realize just minutes after Israel became a nation in 1948, we were the very first country to recognize Israel. And if you were to listen to the news right now, if you were to watch what's happening, you would not come away with that viewpoint that America is for Israel. Uh, so something's going to change. Um, Israel is special to God by covenant. By covenant, Genesis 12. Remember, Jesus was born there. He died there. He rose from there. And scripture says he will return there. So Israel, specifically Jerusalem, is our future and eternal home. We don't think about that. We think, oh, I'm going to live in Colorado. That's where we're going. No, that's our future home. 
And so it's no wonder that the nation of Israel, that little tiny nation, has been the most disputed land in history. So to finish up, how is all this important to us? Number one, Israel is the staging ground for salvation. That's where it all started. That's where it happened. It's a staging ground for salvation. Salvation is from the Jews. Jesus was a Jew, and salvation came because of the Jews. Remember when Jesus talked to the woman at the well? Remember that great story? Do you know where that was? Samaria. Yeah. It's in the West Bank. It's been renamed West Bank. So that is the area that's being fought over. The West Bank is Judea and Samaria, but specifically it's been renamed the West Bank. And we don't realize that because we're we're Americans and where geography is pretty poor. But think about this. (laughs) Jacob's Well. That was at Sikar, which is modern-day Nablus. So when you hear the news now, you'll hear that city, Nablus. And that should bring to your memory about Jacob's well, the, the woman at the well. What about um, some of the cities we're familiar with from Scripture? Bethlehem. Have you ever heard of Bethlehem? In the West Bank. It's being fought over. Uh, what about Jericho? Remember that story? Jericho in the West Bank. It was in Judea and Samaria. Hebron. Hebron was the area where Abraham went and he made an altar there in Genesis 13 to worship God in this land that God had given them. What about Bethel? Remember when Jacob wrestled with that angel? That's Bethel. That is in the West Bank. It's being fought over. Wasn't Jacob's name Israel? Yes, that's where it got changed to Israel. He wrestles with God. Yeah, right there in the area that's being fought over right now, West Bank. Uh, What about Emmaus? Remember after Jesus was resurrected and he started walking along that road, Emmaus, with those two disciples? In the West Bank. So maybe some of these points will make us realize this is important. This is not something that we should just ignore because it doesn't sound fun or good. All of this is the heartland of Israel. Um, So by understanding biblically the end times, we can join the apostle in saying, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Amen? Amen. We we just need to focus knowing that God is faithful to his promises. And as Jesus said, do not be frightened. This must happen. You know, whatever we we want to protest against, and it's not going to change it. It must happen. Amen. Praise God. Let's uh, gather around together and pray for one another.